welcome to a special Quest Brewing interview episode of Brutal Battle. Uh, I have sitting next to me a man that we've talked about before uh, in reference to the Salon episode for Saver and the regular Saver episode. Uh, a man that we met at, from Quest Brewing, Mr. Don Richardson. Or do you go by Donald? Yeah, Don. Do Don yeah. or Donald yeah. Richardson, mm-hmm. uh, one of the owners and very much involved in the brewing process here in Greenville, South Carolina. Yes, we actually went somewhere this time. <laughs> and uh, Don. It's good to yes, see you, Yes, you too, Carlin. Been, Thanks a lot, man. It's been a little bit of time, and yeah. I figured it was about time. So we traipsed on down here. We were going to Asheville for vacation, and you know, I was in contact with Don. And he was like, hey, come down. We'll do something. I'm like, how about an interview? So Bring it on. Gonna do. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Uh, and I do have to say right off the bat, we've been tasting a few things here, as you do in breweries. And uh, right now I'm drinking a smoked, what is it, a smoked peach dark saison. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, first of all, I like dark saisons. Not many people do it. Second of all, love peaches. Third of all, I like smoking beer, but when it's kind of restrained. And this beer is hitting everything for me. There's a lot of peach, but it's not too overpowering. There's a little bit of smoke. It's the nice restrained level of smoke. And dark saison flavors. Uh, it's it's a magical beer. We also tried the Kermis, uh, what is it, a saison with pumpkin and false spices. Mm-hmm. You got it. As people know, I don't like pumpkin, but once again, restrained with the pumpkin and the spices. Pretty good. And we just tried the Beats by Rosemary, which is, what do you think, beets and rosemary. Once again, restrained with the rosemary. A lot of beets, if you like beets, I do, is nice. It's like liquid beets with a little bit of rosemary in there. So... Thank you, Carla. Yeah, no problem. So right off the bat, it seems to me restraint is a thing at this brewery. I mean, is that something you guys are very conscious of that you practice, or is it just something that happens because that's how you make beer? Um, I mean, we like you know uh, we'd like to have you know use different flavors, and uh, but we also like to really go around a balance of that. Mm -hmm. uh, That everything's kind of working together. It's not just one prominent flavor that's you know that all you're getting in a beer so um you know with the pumpkin and the spice you know we try to go kind of subtle on the spices and uh you know kind of go real low on the on the on the clove because clove comes out really you know very strong strong, yeah Yeah. and uh you know with the other ones um as we were making our beet rosemary uh at first as i was telling you earlier didn't have enough beet to it so we went back and added a little bit more beet to it but we felt like once we got it to that level where you could taste the beets we didn't want to go any further with it so it just doesn't overpower the whole thing right yeah and you had said for that beer that Mm -hmm. uh the rosemary was from your garden that's correct yeah is that your personal garden or is it a garden here at the brewery that's uh my garden at my house okay so i have a huge uh rosemary bush there and uh so it's pretty awesome yeah to go out there and just clip whatever pretty much whatever i need so um, you're doing that with other beers too, just taking stuff yeah, out of your garden. Yeah, and, and we've that. got and we have a, a small garden and hop. You know, we have some hops that we have planted. Oh, cool. Um, cool. A, a few years ago, and this year they kind of took off a little bit better for us in the back. We relocated them, uh, but we have a small garden out back that we use different ingredients from for different wow. casks and different one-offs and, and things like that. So we try to use as much as we can. You know, so are you right guys here local. Really, f- you're, you're focused on like a local type thing. Mm-hmm. You were saying for the the smoked peach dark saison. You got a lot of peaches locally. Yep, that's uh, correct. And you're saying at the same time you actually ended up with some blackberries, which you put into a blackberry whip mm-hmm. beer, which sounds amazing. I'm sorry we missed it. Yeah. Uh, but so you're really focusing on local stuff. Is this a thing where you're in contact with people constantly to say, hey, you know, if you have 
X produce, we want it for our beer, and then they know to give you a call, or are they just coming to you? Um, with the uh, with the peaches and the blackberries, that all comes through uh, through Clemson University, oh, and nice. I have a good contact down there. Um, actually, is one of the owners at Carolina Barnhouse, a local brewery in Anderson as well, um, as a professor at Clemson. So um, very you know involved in the ag department and all that down there. So he always lets me in on the uh, on the peaches and blackberries. The past three years we've gotten those from him, awesome. um, and then we source out from other you know other local farmers. Um, we've done a lot, worked a lot with a local guy who does a lot of uh, peppers. He's got like actually a vast assortment mm. of different types of peppers that he does. So we've done pepper pale ales and. Uh, we made a, a, a stout uh, last year that uh, we bottled that um, had the uh, chocolate scotch bonnet peppers in it. So a little oh. little heat to it as well as having the cocoa nibs to kind of uh, um, to balance that one out as well. But we love, you know, working uh, local and we're just like a, a great part of the country for that, you know. Yeah. So this kind of leads me to the, the inception of Quest Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you guys started, what, January 2012? Uh, that's when, yeah, that's when Andrew and I both, uh, uh, met up and okay. that's when we joined forces on this. So that's when the idea, the idea really pretty much kind of came okay. together. And then, uh, that next year and a half we were working, you know, between, uh, uh, the first thing we did and, you know, was come up with the name, uh, quest and Andrew actually came up with that name. We were looking for, uh, when we're naming it in these day, this day and ages, uh, this day and age when all there's so many breweries out there, yeah. it's tough to find a name. <laughs> So yeah. we find one, and then you go search, and it's like, oh, gone, taken. Yep. Um, so Andrew came up one day, and he was like, what do you think about Quest? And we liked, like, one word, something kind of powerful, and something that we could really kind of brand around. And as we started thinking about that one, and it just had so many different, you know, uh, meanings to it. Uh, so we, we kind of, you know, say with ours, it's more like, you know, we're on a quest, uh, just like, you know, somebody who's running a a marathon or or mountain biking or, Mm -hmm. you know, we're a very active uh, uh, city here in Greenville. So uh, we kind of centered it around that. And then from there, the branding kind of fell into place with the queue and everything. And really there's, you know, only one other brewery that I can think of that has the queue in there. So that kind of, which is Quigley's Pint and Plate out of out of South Carolina, Litchfield. So it's a smaller, well, smaller go. little brew pub. But we really, you know, kind of went with that and ran with the branding on the, on around the queue. Nice, mm-hmm. very cool. So, did you come? You you came from somewhere else? In I did the craft beer. That's correct. Community. Yep. Mm-hmm. So where were you prior to this? Uh, I started in 1992. So back oh, in the okay. so early days, I've been at, I've been at yeah I've been doing this now uh, half my life. Uh, so I started out in uh, in Boulder, Colorado, with Boulder Beer Company in '92, and I worked out there until '97 with those guys. Wow. So that's where I kind of learned all aspects of the brewing, uh, that side of the business, and then uh, opened a brew pub in in uh, Boone, North Carolina. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, so uh, kind of looking to get back into the South at that point, and um, and opened up a brew pub in Boone. Nice. So that was the first one that was my recipes, and you know, when I was brewing at Boulder Beer, I was brewing their recipes, but I was also home brewing a lot on the side. Oh, cool. You know, kind of formulating my own, my own different, you know. And uh, are and are those recipes getting employed here in Quest? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Those, and then other ones that you know we've come up with yeah. through the years, because um, you know, as the beer business has evolved now. Um, we felt like when we started this that we wanted to have some, you know, some unusual beers. Um, yeah. Instead of kind of just going with the, you know, the straight four or whatever, you know. Um, so that's where, you know, I have a, a great love for Belgian beers. Nice. And I spent about eight years in the um, 
2003 to 2011, um, working, uh, Brokering, so I was working with a lot of import beers. Oh wow! And so I had my own business. That I was working, you know, a lot of different Belgian ales. Um, cool. So a lot of world class ones that I distributed back in the day from uh, Saison de Pont, uh, Triple Carmelite, uh, uh, Unibrew. Um, well, so known. yeah, well, so well, I really, you know, I'm getting to travel uh, Europe, and I, you know, also go up to Montreal once a year. Um, I really, you know, fell in love with the, you know, completely fell in love with the Belgian style, <laughs> which was always like something that interests me. But then as I got to, you know, work with some of the world class brewers, and uh, so as we came in, we tried to do a little bit of a twist on the Belgian styles. Um, cool. But you know, like we were saying, try to keep everything as balanced as we can. Cool. So thus far, have has your craft beer journey or quest in this case, mm-hmm. yeah, taken you anywhere that you kind of didn't expect to go. Yeah, or has, or I mean, has it been kind of more planned and it, it's hit all your planned marks? Yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I spent 12 years uh, brewing between Boulder Beer and then um, and then uh, Cottonwood and then Carolina Beer Company right outside of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did that. A little twist in there was the eight years that I spent on the distribution side that I never really planned to. But at that at that point, that was before the laws had changed in the South. So there was caps, alcohol caps. So as those started getting removed, first starting in Georgia and then North Carolina and then South Carolina and then eventually Alabama, I had all of those territories. But I worked with these beers that weren't available in those markets prior to that. So a lot of my side of the business at that point, people didn't know of so much of an influx of all these different high gravity and high alcohol beers. People didn't really know what. You know, a lot of people didn't know. So a lot of mine was just kind of training on the Belgian style. Um, and, you know, those different styles of, of high alcohol and kind of appreciation, not just because it's high alcohol, but because it's a good beer. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, doing that for, for eight years and kind of building other people's brands. And uh, I'd won uh, three Great American Beer Festival um, awards back in the late 90s. And then one at the World Beer Cup back in the late 90s. And wow. so after doing that distribution side, I felt like I landed here in Greenville kind of by accident. And there wasn't much happening on the beer scene here. You look so 60 miles up the road. You know, we're, you just came down from Asheville and how booming that is. And, and it's been booming for years. Yeah. Um, that just really felt like that Greenville had a lot of those same type features and people that were, you know, adventurous and wanted to try craft beer, but there wasn't really a lot of breweries. So that's when I was like, well, I know the distribution side and the brewing side, so now's my chance. So that's, uh, you know, when Andrew and I met up in 2012, I was pretty much, uh, uh, that was my, my focus at that point. I was like, all right, well, this I'm going to go ahead and, and get my brewery open and, and do something that, you know, I can build for myself. So you said that you had won some some awards mm-hmm. under other breweries. That's correct. Now that you have Quest that's yeah. yours, I know you got a gold at the World Beer we Cup did. recently. Yeah. And what beer was that for? That was for our Ponce Cucumber Jalapeno Saison. Sounds so good. <laughs> so do you have plans yeah. to do that again? Yeah, absolutely. That's our that's our summer beer. Uh, next year that will go into cans. So, oh, nice. Yeah. And, and about how far is your distribution at this point? Uh, we're all through South Carolina and all North Carolina. Oh, um, nice. And we're that's looking nice. at you know some distribution. Even some limited distribution on up into your area, oh, up into okay. Maryland. So well, we're we do we'd welcome that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially but, with what we're tasting, <laughs> with, what you. we tasted at Savor, and more importantly, what I'm tasting here because yeah. what you had at Savor wasn't 
as much of a selection. Yeah, no, it was more of our, you know, because it was our first year going there. We wanted to kind of, you know, lead with that one with a couple of our flagship beers and our best seller, Golden Fleece Belgian Pale Ale, yeah. was one of our beers. And then our uh, our Smoke Porter, um, oh, yeah. which is one of those I, you know, kind of threw out there. And I was like, it's, you know, that's like the... Uh, the one that just keeps on chugging too, because it's continuing to build more more popularity and yeah, we're getting well, more mean, distribution on probably that. Probably because of the fact that mm-hmm. it's smoked, but once again, there's a lot of restraint with the use of the smoke mm-hmm. in there. There are a lot of smoke porters that I have that the smoke it's too much. Yeah, like I like smoking my beer, but it needs to be the, the level needs to be warranted. There needs to be something else to back it up, and mm-hmm. I feel like in you guys' instance, you're just not letting it get out of control, and that's. I, that's probably why it's growing so much in popularity because there are so many unbalanced smoke porters, and now here's one that's extremely balanced, in my opinion. So yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, we uh, on that beer, we kind of as we worked on that, we just kept backing off the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. Sometimes we do the different vegetable and different spice beers where we keep adding a little bit more mm. spice, but it was like that first batch was over smoky, and I was like, no, nope, too much, too much smoke. So we kind of backed that one back off. So you get a balance. You know, there's smoke in there, but it's not like the you know, chewing on a campfire log type, yeah. So about how long is a beer like that taking you to dial it in? You know, is it taking you a few weeks, a few months, like, um, with, with, that? with that one, um, we pretty much hit that one on our, on our second test batch of that. Oh, wow. And okay. then we, and we hit the ground running. Um, the BPA went through a little bit of evolution, um, where we ended up coming back and dry hopping that with Cascade just to give mm-hmm. it a little bit more of the floral notes. Um... Our IPA, which is, you know, I've been brewing IPAs for, you know, ever since ever since I started this. Pretty much uh, have to. Yeah, now. pretty much have to. Beer. But our IPA, it was one that we, you know, we didn't have the availability when we opened for the hops that I wanted to use. Uh, so it took us a little while to get those under contract. And then once we kind of got the Cascades in, we kind of played around with some different yeasts there. So that's one, you know, you know, we're three years, a little bit over three years in, and we feel like that's one that we just have recently hit exactly where we want it. Nice. You know, with the balance and, and everything, and still having lots of hop to it, but having a good malt backbone to it as well. So that one's probably the one that's been through the, you know, the longest R&D. Yeah. Um, the rest of them have been pretty much, uh, our Golden Fleece has been the same for uh, for a good three years now. And uh, that's one that, you know, as we, we make, that's the one we brew the most of, and that's one that, you know, as we brew, we want that one consistent every time. So this is nice. this is our BPA. So every time I want right. it to taste just the same. Yeah. So with um, with different ingredients, like interesting ingredients, what would you say? Whether it's been a release beer or just a test beer, what's the craziest ingredient or the most interesting that you think you've used to date? I mean, the cucumber jalapeno is a pretty pretty weird concoction. It, um, yeah. As we first came in yeah, up with that, that. Kind of goes to, uh, you know, I love to cook as well. And oh, nice. and so I really like something when it has that, you know, little sweetness or, you know, v- vegetable sweetness. Um, like the cucumber and then pair it up with something spicy, yeah. you know. So I decided to throw that one in the mix and just kind of see what we came up with. And uh, we felt like with that one right off the bat that we kind of hit something pretty magical on that. Well, I mean, uh, We didn't know it was gold medal worthy, gold medal, but, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> We were pretty uh, pretty excited about that, nice. obviously, and uh, but that's uh, you know a definitely an odd one that we've done. Um, I mean, we've done every year, kind of depending on what we can source different vegetables and stuff, um, mm-hmm. fruits. Uh, we've done uh, you know cantaloupe. Uh, we've done watermelon. 
Nice. Um, um, and the, the black, the blackberry. Yeah, the cantaloupe was awesome. I can imagine. Yeah. If it's yeah, got it's, like that kind of musky mm-hmm. cantaloupe flavor to it. Yeah, yeah it really came out. And, and one thing, I mean, we do here is like, you know, we're not into the into using extracts and concentrates and stuff like that. Thank you for when that. We, when Thank we, you. Yeah. When we do something, you know, just like cooking at home, I want it to be fresh and really, you know, there, but once again, balanced. And I feel like, you know, with extracts and stuff like that, you could just go too far in one direction real yeah. easy. And then if you don't go far enough, it's, you know, you, you might have a little bit of a weird flavor just because it's not natural. Well, you know? and, and people can tell. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Rebecca and I, like, we'll be having a beer, and we can tell a lot of the times when it's an extract. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it kind of comes off a little perfumey yep. at the same time mm-hmm. since it's not natural. But, like, you know, to go back to it, this smoked peach dark saison, like, I know that's actual peach. Like, the, the depth of peach you know, flavor characters in this beer are uniquely peach. And if that were an extract, it probably would have, like, a perfumey type yeah, quality Yeah, a little to bit it. of that as so well. So it's just, yeah. it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, being a smaller brewery, you're, you're not, like, massive, like, like Stone or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Sierra Nevada or whatever, although you may have aspirations to be at some, some point. But do, do you think you could do the same thing if you were at that kind of level? I mean, it definitely changes it as you get yeah. to a big level like that. Um, you know, that is one benefit that we have with most of our beers that we make. Um, we have a 30 barrel system here, but we, we can brew, uh, you know, eight to 10 on our system. Um, so typically on those, you know, specialty beers and one-offs, we brew a smaller, smaller amount. So it's easier to add the flavor. Yeah. Um, a lot more control over it. We found that, you know, Ponce and I call it, you know, creating the monster (laughs) and then you got to feed it and then you got to chop lots of cucumbers and one yeah. of my guys who came out of the kitchen, who's one of our brewers here, is now like, there's a reason I got out of the kitchen. Now you're putting me back in the kitchen cutting all these cucumbers. And I got chopping, chopping. Yeah, I got 100 pounds of cucumbers I got to cut and all that. Um, but, yeah, we feel like, you know, it's just, it's worth that extra, you know, extra step. But as you get to a bigger, you know, bigger level, it gets, you know, it gets harder Sounds to big. do, you know. To do something that you've created on a smaller batch, you know. Well, if you go to that level at mm. some point, maybe you can just outsource to another local area That's it. the chopping, the pure, pure pureeing, and then <laughs> yeah, just exactly. bring me the fresh juice. Yeah, I like that. that, and you, pour that right in. There's so. an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm gonna I'm throwing in some other like some kind of random questions. Like I like to to stay in topic but get kind of weird. Um, shower beers or tub beers? Mm-hmm. Do you do it? Do you, do you drink yeah. beer in the shower or in the uh, bathtub? Sometimes, yeah. What, sometimes, Like, yeah. what's your go-to for that? Um, usually something lighter. Probably for us, like a can of Golden Fleece. Okay, yeah. nice. And the Golden Fleece is the yeah, uh, that's our, Belgian uh, Pale Ale. Belgian Pale Ale, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, uh, just your own stuff, or do you drink other stuff? I do. I drink lots of other stuff as well. Okay, so. got it. Uh, so when I, I go out and about, I'm typically trying other beers and what other people are doing. So who are you, is there anyone you're admiring these days? You're looking to and saying, man, I really like what they're doing as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there is quite a, quite a few breweries out there. Um, up we were just talking about, like, up in Asheville area. Uh, I really like what the guys up at Burial Brewing Company nice. are doing. Yeah, we plan um, to go there. Brewing on the smaller batch, but they're, they're actually building a farmhouse brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tim and Doug are great guys. We've done a collab with them. Uh, Wicked Weed, I mean, has really kind of yeah. stood out as, you know, of the newer breweries up in Asheville area, um, Creature Comforts in, in Athens uh, doing a great job with what you know 
nice. for being a new brewery about the same age as us. They've really put themselves on the map. I've heard really good things. I haven't had any of their stuff. Yeah, the Tropicalia is really good. Uh, their their IPA, um, you know, and this uh, this area here, you know, it was kind of there wasn't really a lot going on when we opened. Uh, Thomas Creek was the only brewery here besides oh, wow. Blue Ridge Brewing Company was a brew pub downtown that's not even in Greenville anymore. Uh, they've moved to Greer, but Thomas Creek was here for 15 years, so that's kind of where you know I have a lot of respect for those guys too and what yeah. they've done. Um, especially, you know, there's breweries that have been in this state without the enhanced, uh, distribution, you know, or, or laws for self, you know, for selling on site. Um, you know, I think us three years in, we're very grateful that we have, you know, that we can have a tasting room and sell beer by the pint and do music and all, you know, everything that kind of goes with our whole theme here, um, wouldn't have been possible before if you can come in and get a taster of each of the the beers. And then I'm like, all right, see you later. Nice knowing (laughs) you. Um, so, uh, but I have, yeah, a lot of respect for, for Tom at Thomas Creek and what they've done. And, you know, we have a good, very good working relationship with them. Uh, we have a new brewery that just opened in town, uh, which is doing some incredible stuff. And we're really, really happy to have them part of the Greenville beer scene is a uh, birds fly South brewing mm-hmm. company. Uh, they just have opened a couple weeks ago. Um, they were contracting with Thomas Creek, but now they've got their own facility, but they're, Big focus is barrel aging and oh, nice. uh, doing lots of sours and saisons and all that right here in Greenville. Nice. So it's a nice little an, an, an enhancement for us because we do some sours and a lot of saisons, but um, you know we have the IPAs and that. But it's a really good, you know, uh, it really fits well in with the Greenville community. And nice. super impressed with what Sean is doing over there. So as far you know, you mentioned that you had done a little bit of collaborating. So. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any people out there who would be like your ideal? Like, is there anyone out there you're like, oh my god, I'd really love to collaborate with someone? Yeah, I mean, for us, it'd probably be somebody big, you know, like, like a, yeah, like a example. like a Stone okay. or yeah. Um, even uh, we've we've talked about some stuff with. Uh, I've got friends up at New Belgium and doing something oh, cool. up there with right. those guys. Uh, they do a great job. Uh, um, yeah, probably something you know or. You know, or uh, up in your neck of the wood, like a victory, or yeah. you know, or somebody oh, yeah. like that. And I do have connections with you know, with some of those guys as yeah. well. So we're work, still trying to get ourselves connections. on the map, you know, and get ourselves established where you know, work those connections. That's it. Always, I always, yeah, always <laughs> work those. So it seems like you're very, very ha- happy with being specifically in Greenville, mm-hmm. but. If there was a situation where you were told, hey, you have to relocate your brewery to another city, Mm -hmm. and it's not in the same state, Mm -hmm. not not in South Carolina, so you have to move to another state, another city, what do you think at that point would be your ideal city to move to? Yeah, um, I mean, that's a a tough one. I would say North Carolina, just with their distribution laws, but North Carolina is an extremely busy, you know, brewing market right now, and there's a lot of breweries up there. Um, and I say, you know, when we open this, um, I, you know, even with my experience and, you know, confidence, I wouldn't have gone to Asheville just because I feel like that market's pretty saturated with breweries. Um, now I would say kind of back to my home state of Georgia, but Mm -hmm. their distribution laws are are no bueno (laughs) for the most part. Wouldn't Uh, you have to call like most of your beers malt beverages instead of beer? Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the whole tasting room and the way that, you know, that's kind of in control down there is going to limit the amount of breweries that come into, you know, to the Georgia market. Um, but I would probably say, 
Um, if we had to, I would probably say Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there there are a decent amount of breweries in Virginia, but yeah, I don't think it's oversaturated. No, nah, I don't think Asheville so. It is either, and I think you know, with their with the way the laws have been set up, there have really attracted those Deschutes mm-hmm. and Green Flash and Stone and all those guys to come in. Um, I feel like you know, and I don't feel like it, like you said, it's oversaturated. Yeah, and and transportation and everything from there was you know pretty no, ideal if you're ever there off eighty one. Um, so, as far as like the craft beer community as it stands right now, are there any trends that you're you're really enjoying at the moment that you're just like, oh my god, I'm so glad this is a trend in the craft beer community? Um, the sours is a fun okay. thing for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, we haven't you know jumped you know both feet in yet, but you know we've been you know kind of touching it Getting a little there. bit, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're hoping to get some more sours produced out. Uh, coming up is we get some additional barrel storage um, for those off-site. So what draws you to that then? Or is it is it more of just like a, that's what you like to drink, so that's what you want to make? Or is there just more fun involved with making that style? It's, um, you know, and I love sours. It's not something that I sit down and drink all the time. Um, I am a hophead, so yep. I typically will be back at an IPA or something like that at some point. I hear you. Um, but uh, I really like that side of it because, it's, you know, it's barrel aging. And it's just patience, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things with, the, you know, those beers, you pretty much have to kind of forget about them. And then you're back, oh, I need to go back and taste some. So uh, we've got some in our in our storage unit now that uh, I've got to get out there and kind of go through and, <laughs> and sample some stuff. So it's always a fun thing. Hey, we'll, we'll help you see. while we're here. We will <laughs> yeah. help you, no problem. We'll charge you for yeah. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> free. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a... It's, it's really fun just to kind of see how those beers evolve and change, you know? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, are there any trends at the moment that you're kind of like, I really wish this was not a trend right now. Can we get rid of it? Hope it dies out. Yeah, I mean, I think there 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 is definitely some of those. Um, and I, I enjoy the Session IPAs, you know? But you're not a huge but fan. I, but I think it's, you know, it's been, it's been worked pretty hard, you know? Uh, but I think there is a place for that. I just don't, you know. It's like pumpkin beers, typically. Yeah, even, I know. <laughs> even though you have one, I mean. But yeah. honestly, like, do you have this this pumpkin beer because you feel like you have to? You well, when Andrew and I formed this company, and, and since I had won uh, a couple of medals in the past, and I've also got recipes of my pumpkin that's done at Catawba Valley Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Foothills Brewing Company owns old cottonwood pumpkins, so... I was kind of known around here as the pumpkin guy. <laughs> so you'd be and, letting a bunch of so, people down. And yeah, then. so Andrew was like, all right, what kind of pumpkin beer are you going to make right <laughs> off the bat? And I was like, oh, i got to think about this. I'm not sure. I don't want to just do a it was regular pumpkin ale. So I was like, and our kind of twist that we enjoy here is Saison's. So I was like, all right, we'll throw a Saison twist to it, which I think works really well because it's got a little touch of the funkiness to it, but then, you know, kind of balanced out with the spice. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's a style I appreciate. We, we do that one. It's kind of a, you know, it's a short-lived thing. It's not like some of our other beers, you know, right. the Cucumber Jalapeno. That one's got a kind of pretty, pretty long lifespan of the summer. Whereas, you know, pumpkin beers and that is a pretty tight little window that you got to yeah, get in there. And, no, yeah. it is. Yeah. Especially with people starting to grow kind of tired of pumpkin uh, beers. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. There's definitely a lot it's of that. It's more of a there. revolt these days. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, so as far as the craft beer industry goes, is there anywhere you really want to see it go? Um, like, even if it's something small, like prime example, like certain things that I wish for in the craft beer community, 
one thing, even though it would probably be a bit of a pain for breweries, for breweries to be able to sell to consumers over the internet who are out of state. Mm-hmm. Things like that, or even even something as simple as uh, more nitro cans and bottles, mm-hmm. you know, more use of nitrogen and you know widgets in cans and bottled beer. But you know, those are just my yeah. my dreams. Uh-huh, right? yeah. Do you have anything kind of similar that you really like? Um, I, wanted to I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it, it, there could be a lot of laws change where it'd be easier to you know for folks out of the market to get it without going through the trading and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of opening up some of that. Um, you know, uh, distribution, you know, is a, is a challenge. Um, in this state, we're definitely we're tied down to the three-tier, uh, which yeah. we don't really want to be in the distribution business. But it would also be nice if, you know, if somebody wants your beer and is having a hard time getting it, I'm like, I've got it right here. I can bring it to yeah. you. Instead so, of having the whole black market issue where people are reselling beers or they're trading them. And- yeah. And sometimes you don't know exactly how the beers are, you know, are treated when right. they're like that. So yep, then if yep, somebody yep. gets it and, uh, you know, the beer hadn't been treated right, then, you know, it's like, oh, this is not good beer. But it was good beer. Yeah, was just, you know, Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so to kind of go within the, like, things we like, things we don't like type thing, um, untapped and beer advocate, like rating sites like that. I know there are some people... Who are like, yeah, I like it, it's fine. And I know there's some people who are like, I really hate it, it's kind of stupid, it kind of boils beers down to numbers, which doesn't make sense. Do you have any thoughts on those types of sites? Do you like them, do you hate them, do you not care? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely care about ratings and all that. Um, but it's it's tough sometimes when you read stuff. It's like, you know, I've had our, you know, our stout on there, and somebody's like, a, uh, I give you a one. I don't even like stouts. It's like that's not even fair. <laughs> you know, it's like how can you do that if you don't like a style? Yeah. You can't just say it's like you know. For I don't like broccoli, is. so I you know it's yeah. bad. You know. Well, the, the things that <laughs> yeah. I've seen that like it can be constructive criticism mm-hmm. or it can be just stupid ones. Like some of the things that I saw is like someone just being. You know, not even saying what they thought was wrong with the beer, or what they didn't like, just being abusive with their language and just yeah. saying it takes tastes like a pile of crap. Yeah, and like that's it. And it's like that's not like a real opinion. That's not no. an analysis. That's like, not you know positive feedback. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes people get on on those and they just try to what they're trying to do is pick a beer to death. And it's yes. like instead of saying, "Okay, this is a good beer," or "All right, this is not my style of beer," or "This is just a bad right. beer," yeah. you know, fair enough. If it's if it's off flavored, not you know, then it should have a low rating. Yeah. Um, I've always thought on that there should be like um, two sides to that rating. So you have a consumer rating, and then you have more of a professional. You oh, know. okay. Yeah, so you type have judges like, or somebody, you know, or people in the industry, people who are, you know, more trained on their palate. Okay, so maybe, how to analyze maybe like a site that comes about that has a balance between the just the normal consumer mm-hmm. rating it and like maybe they have a panel of like Cicerones who actually yep, there you try go. it and rate Bingo. it. Yeah. Well, they someone, can kind of, kind of take go, that idea. Yeah, and take it and run with it go. because I think, yeah, <laughs> uh, then it's like, you know, if you're. If you are certified Cicerone and you pick a beard apart, you know, then fair enough, you yeah. know. But I think that sometimes people are just not, you know, as educated on it or have it all set in their own mind that they know exactly what this beer should be. And right. if it's not, yep. then they just kind of bash it, like you said. Definitely. And I don't think that's fair to any brewery because, 
You know, I think pretty much everybody out there loves, you know, who's listening to this, loves beer and wants to support exactly good beer. Yes. So it's tough for, sure. you know, on that side. You have to be a little bit tough, you know, thick skinned sometimes. <laughs> no, that's, that's definite. Yeah. Um, so back to some of the more, mm-hmm. you know, fun type questions. Um, so, you know, the whole thing, marry, sleep with, and kill, like those things. With beer styles. Mm-hmm. What beer style would you marry? What beer style would you sleep with? Just a fling. And what beer style do you want to kill? <laughs> there we go. So, to marry, uh, I guess that'd be an IPA. Yeah. Okay. I saw yeah. that coming. Yeah. I saw yeah. it coming. Um, sleep with uh, Saison. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice light. Yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, you got it. And uh, straight up kill it. Kill it. Gone. Um, kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Well, I don't know. It kind of sounded like maybe session IPA. Yeah, I know for a minute, but yeah, <laughs> but I still do enjoy them sometimes. But yeah, I just feel like it's a style that's going to be a little bit overdone. Oh, no, um, sure. any type of like over flavored extracty, okay. you know, concentrate, or just something that's just a sweet bomb with no other balance to it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. That's a good one. So here's another fun one. Uh, a famous person walks into your brewery tomorrow to try your beer. Who would you want that famous person to be? Who would you, who they come through and you'd be like, oh my God, thus and such person is in my brewery to try my beer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who would that be for whatever reason? Um... You know, this kind of goes back to a little bit of, of savor. Um, okay. We were we were hanging out, and there was, uh, as I call them, the rock stars were all hanging out. Yeah. From, uh, you know, Rob Todd from Allagash, and Sam from Dogfish Head, and Eric from Left Hand, and they were all kind of there. And then I heard them kind of, oh, go try, you know, some of his beer. So mm-hmm. they came by, and they seemed to enjoy our beer. Nice. Um, I would say it'd probably be, you know, for somebody like the uh, brewer would be Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know you've done some interviews with Sam, and Sam is an extremely nice guy. Yeah, no, he is. And he's, he's the just type of guy that crazy I, busy. Yeah, very very busy guy. <laughs> he's got a lot going on. He is a like a he's probably one of the most quintessential celebrities mm-hmm. of craft beer at this yeah. point. But hey, Sam, if you end up hearing this somehow, or maybe I'll email it to um, to your folks. Maybe you guys should do a collaboration with Quest. There you Brewery. go. Yeah, Dogfish Head. I would. Yeah. <laughs> You take that right. Yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, I think you know Sam would be a good guy. You know, a fun guy to hang out with, and just seems like a really good guy. guy. And he's he's really you know he is one of those guys you know that he's you know established his brewery, but I think he's you know I get the feeling he still wants to support and and have these smaller breweries, and you know I like to hear that from from the you know bigger craft brewers. That they support what's happening. Um, at the same time, you know, with all the new breweries coming in, I feel like you know you need to be making good beer. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that's what's going to kind of you know be the standout coming up in over the next few years. I feel like definitely. So uh, the last question I actually had written down: um, Is there any type of beer that currently you cannot make for whatever reason, like logistically speaking, or the market's not there, or whatever? That you just really eventually want to get to that point where you just feel like you can you can definitely do this beer. Uh, one thing for us would be um, we haven't done any lagers here, mm. uh, but I love a good crisp pilsner yeah. in the summer, especially mm. here. We have a lot of people asking for a lighter, you know, 
our lighter beer. So we typically, you know, have a wit beer or something like that. That's yeah. a little bit less hop to it than our BPA. Um, that's a little bit more of a crowd pleaser. Um, but that's one that we would we would really love to do is the uh, is a pilsner. That would just be a good one, especially here in the south. <laughs> yeah. So so you yeah. just like a straight up pilsner. Yeah. Nothing yeah. special about it. Nothing special. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Some, you know, some uh, Czech saws hops and yeah. And uh, you know some of uh, the brewery that I you know most respect on that on that style is the uh, German is uh, is Victory, yeah, and the Prima Pills and just the way they <sighs> Prima Pills so good the way they so do good. those styles it's just you know it's uh, a very you know classic old style but done extremely well yeah mm-hmm. and that's my thing it's like if we're gonna do something like that I don't want to half ass it so yeah. no I hear you. You know, I want it to be good and crisp, so, and, you know, it's probably for us having some lagering tanks and stuff like that, so. Cool. So, it sounds like you got stuff to work on. Yeah, that's it. It's like, yeah, just always, is that the way it is? Like, you've always got these ideas of where you're going next? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. And then some of them just, you know, come out of, you know, out of my crazy head. Just happens. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems to me, I mean, those are all the questions I actually had, but um, it seems to me like you're having an influence here. You're doing a lot of really good stuff, especially based on what we've tasted here. You have plans of places you're going. Um, awesome. Like, I hope that you guys make it to wherever you want to go, and hopefully that is Maryland distribution. Yeah, yeah. Thank I you, Carl. I want to drink yeah. this. But uh, do you have anything else that you want to say on the podcast, or you think we covered it? Yeah, all? no, I really appreciate y'all coming down. I know that was a little hey. trek to get down here, but y'all got few days uh planned up in Asheville, so that's yeah, awesome yeah. to kind of check out that scene up there and um yeah we really appreciate you coming down and we're well, you know our thing here is just kind of you know slow steady growth <laughs> and just keep nice. at it and hopefully like people it. enjoy the beers and you know as andrew and i when we set this up it's like i was with my first question for him is like are you you know looking for a get rich you know quick thing or what you know what are you looking at do you have passion for craft beer and he has the passion and he understands nice. that this is a you know it's a slow. It's a slow race. It's like you know, you just got to stay behind it. And, well, and that's what you you need yeah. that mentality from mm-hmm. people who are going to stick around. Yep. You know, like you have to care about what you're doing. Can't be a cash grab. Which there have certainly been breweries that are just trying to do. Cash trying grab. to do that. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to make it. Typically, mm, you nah. might get a few here and there that they do, but I yeah, there's definitely going to be you know a shakeout coming up. Yeah. Um, we saw it in the '90s. Uh, the quality of beer now overall is much better than it was in the 90s when yes. we had when we lost some breweries but still if you don't have if you're not making good beers and you don't have a good marketing you know plan and distribution and distribution now is is getting very tight with distributors are really not you know actively looking for new brands and everything you got to kind of stand out and show them something that is different about you so um it's true but it's a fun industry well, I can't see myself doing anything else. Yeah. Good. Well, I, and I know Rebecca as well, like we always appreciate when, you know, people in the industry give us time to, mm-hmm. come, to come in and do the interview or, or even just like hang out, you know, talk about whatever's going on. And so I want to thank you very much yes. for that. Um, Absolutely, Carl. You know, you're busy. You have other things you could do with your time. So the fact that you allowed it to be spent with us is awesome. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come down. Yeah. All right. Thank you. So anyone who has the means, if you can get a hold of any uh, Quest Brewing beers, I'm recommending it at this point. I think Rebecca would recommend it at this point. Don, you're certainly going to recommend <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone, see what you can do. <laughs> see what you can do. And uh, you could even come visit. Yeah, there you go. So. Yeah, we have a tasting room here. And, yeah, 
We do all sorts of different, uh, you know, live music and uh, different nice. events, and so we try to make fun, you know, make it a fun time and really connect with the community and beyond. Nice. So everybody, spend your time trying to figure out how you can get a hold of Quest Brewing beer, and until then, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 